1: You need Indeed.
0: Gamecocks and Aggies are set to do battle on Saturday in College Station. South Carolina looking for their first ever win at Kyle Field. And also guys looking to snap a streak on the road against SEC West foes. Get these numbers really quickly. South Carolina has lost their last five road trips to SEC West foes by an average of 22.6 points per game. The Gamecocks are also 0-5 against the spread in that time. And South Carolina, of course, plus 14. That is the number for Saturday's game. So, when the Gamecocks have played SEC West competition on the road... They have struggled mightily. And obviously, that includes a lot of these games against Texas A&M. Guys, you might recall the last time South Carolina went to College Station. This game, for whatever reason, it feels like forever ago. But you might recall, that was the game that South Carolina lost. I believe the final score was 44-11. to 11. And you looked up, and Carolina had 11 yards of offense in the third quarter. So, Carolina obviously looking for a much better result. In College Station, and of course, snap that streak against Texas A&M last year where you lost seven consecutive games, now looking to win their first ever game at Kyle Field. And guys, that's where we start when you talk top storylines for Carolina and A&M. A house of horrors awaits, right? I mean, it, it's just, you look at the venue, I mean, it, Kyle Field is as imposing as any in college football, over 100,000 strong, but you wonder what the 12th man is going to be like this weekend, Right. Texas A&M, you know, we talk about South Carolina's program. We've talked a lot this week about the state of the program and where they are mentally and just where Gamecock Nation is as a fan base. Well, then you look at Aggie Nation and you look at the 12th man. And I mean, there are real question marks and real callings for the firing of Jimbo Fisher. Like, Like the energy there is real. They want somebody new to step in and be their head football coach. You also look at this football game, guys, in 11 a.m. local time. Kickoff. And as we've seen before, guys, things can get weird. Things can get weird with these 11 a.m. kickoff times. You just never know, right? Do you have 100,000 screaming Aggies in there? Does does the 12th man show up and make their presence known and, 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 and impact the ball game? Or is it a sleepy noon game? Or for them a sleepy 11 a.m. game and South Carolina is able to come in there and ambush Texas A&M and somewhat take them by surprise and jump out early and kind of, you know, I, I look at both of these teams sort of, and we'll talk about this more later in the show, I look at both of these teams as sort of wounded ducks right now, right? Who's got the knockout punch? Like like which one of these ball clubs has got the the blow early in the game that knocks the other one out. I I think that's going to be key. I think that's going to be pivotal. And again, guys, it has been really, really tough sledding, you know, early in the series. I think South Carolina was pretty competitive in college station. There were some classic games, especially early in the will Muschamp era, but it's been mostly blowouts, right? It's, I mean, the last two times you've been there 44 to 11, and I believe 38 to three was the 2019 final when South Carolina obviously went four and eight in that season. So uh, it's been really tough sledding in College Station. Gamecocks will look to snap that streak. Guys, you can't talk about this game, and you certainly can't talk about South Carolina without talking about the injury list. It's an injury list, guys, a mile long. Looks like my freaking Costco receipts. It's just, It's just player after player after player after player, especially on the offensive line. I think the offensive line, guys, is to a point where you show up Saturday in College Station. You just look around and say, okay, who can play? Like, do we have five that can go? Okay, well, you five are starting. Like, unfortunately, that's where you are, and it doesn't bode well for this game. We did get some good good news this morning, though. Uh, We did get some good news this morning. Our friends Phil Kornblue and the folks at Sports Talk uh, reporting that in their conversation last night with Chuck Reedy, uh, with Wednesday night, I should say, with Chuck Reedy, Uh, They were told Xavier Leggett was in concussion protocol after leaving the Mizzou game, but practiced Wednesday and is expected to play Saturday at Texas A&M. So that will be a huge boost if Xavier Leggett indeed does go. But I mean, guys, again, you go down the list. We know Juice Wells is out. What's the status of Amarion Brown? I mean, you've got at this point like nine or ten offensive linemen that are out or questionable or what have you. Um, you know, defensively, you just lost a defensive lineman, obviously, which wasn't injury related. What's Stone Blanton's status? Uh, you know, it, it's just injury after injury after injury, just a laundry list of injuries. So you, you you just you wonder at this point, guys. We talked about it yesterday, comparing the rosters, each position unit. You just wonder if South Carolina are they even in the position from a roster standpoint, like a health standpoint, to not even go win, but even compete in this football game. Now, I mentioned, guys, the matchups and the roster and <clears throat> the positioning, the comparisons, what have you. And J.C. Sherbert, our good friend, mentioned this in his Tuesday segment. A matchup circled in red ink, right? That we, We've we dropped our key matchups for this football game. i like you to imagine there's Spencer Rattlers involved, Shane Beamer, all that good stuff. But like many other games this season, basically like every other game, The matchup that's going to determine success or failure for South Carolina, it's the Gamecocks O-line against that A&M defensive front. An A&M defensive front and an A&M defense, a front seven, that is tied for first nationally with 29 sacks on the season. Guys, the Gamecocks on the flip side, offensively, have given up 31 sacks. That is tied for 127th in college football. You then factor in more injuries piling up. I mean, guys, it doesn't bode well. I'm past the point of believing in miracles. I'm past the point of believing in fairy tales. I just, I don't know what's got to give. I don't know what can change for the South Carolina offensive line. Excuse me. I don't know what can change. I really don't. I don't know what South Carolina is going to be able to do realistically But that's the matchup. If South Carolina is going to make this a close ball game, if the Gamecocks are going to look up in the fourth quarter and it's a one-score game, we're going to be sitting there. The reason will be we'll look back and say, man, the offensive line really stepped up today. The offensive line really rose to the occasion. I guess my question is, is it even realistic to expect that? Because the bodies you have are the bodies you have. And, And guys, Texas A&M's front seven, as good as Missouri's was, Texas A&M's is far superior. And we saw what Mizzou did to the Gamecocks. Now, you move to QB1, guys. Spencer Rattler. Unfortunately, Spencer Rattler has picked up a nickname. That is Road Rattler. Because Road Rattler and Home Rattler are vastly different players. Spencer Rattler, flat out, guys, has not been good on the road. And I think you got to factor in competition. You've got to factor in the quality of defensive fronts they've played on the road, right? And it's much more, I mean, obviously, it's much more difficult to play on the road. You're dealing with crowd noise. You can't make as many checks. You can't do as many things as you can do at home. So it just puts more pressure on every operating piece of your football team, certainly your offense. But the numbers are staggering. I mean, the splits are scary. They are worrisome, right? Especially going into a game like this. I mean, the best news is this is the final road game of the season. But the splits are concerning. The splits are somewhat scary. The splits make you make you cringe a little bit. Make you stop and just kind of wonder. I mean, if you don't get good play at a QB1 this weekend, you simply don't have a chance. So, Is it more of the same for Spencer Rattler? Which, again, it starts up front with the big uglies. We all know that, but the quarterback gets way too much of the credit, way too much of the blame, and you could just look at his numbers, I'm sure many do, and say, well, Spencer Rattler's the reason South Carolina isn't winning on the road or having more success because the numbers are not good, and he's got to be better. He's got to be better. He mentioned after the Missouri game, hey, some of those sacks are on me. I'm running into sacks. I'm losing yardage. And I will say, I don't think he should be excused of all fault, right, when it comes to the offense not doing well. Um, But it is, it's just, it's, I don't think it'd be as much a talking point if the play and the stats weren't so vastly different. Like, at home, he's been electric. I mean, we're seeing him, you look up in the third quarter, and he's, he's 15 of 15 for 170 and two touchdowns. And, like, we just haven't even remotely seen anything like that from him. On the road this season, does Spencer Rattler, does he finally shake off his road woes and lead to South Carolina having better success away from home as well? Now, sticking with the offense, guys, I mentioned Xavier Leggett. It does sound like good news that wide receiver one will play in this football game. But you wonder, is he limited? Is he 100%? How close to 100% is he? And I go back to this. Do we see more of Nicholas Harbor, guys? At at this point in the season, sitting at two and five, potentially staring two and six right in the face. Like, this is going to be a talking point in the storyline every week, guys, because you're playing to win right now, but you're also building for the future. Like, Like, I think that's why it's so beneficial to get a guy like Nicholas Harbor involved, because it's like, even if you finish this season five and seven, if Nick Harbor, the final... Five games, the season has, you know, 500 yards receiving. Well, you look at that and go, man, like, he's going to be electric next year. There's reasons for hope and optimism and building for the future. I mean, also, guys, do we see more Nicholas Harbour? Because it's kind of a necessity at this point. I mean, Xavier Legat got banged up against Mizzou. Even if he's back, is he 100%? Sounds like a Morgan Browns questionable. I would probably say he doesn't go. You know, the other guys, I mean, Eddie Lewis, Omega Blake, what have they really given you? What have they given you that Nicholas Harbor can't give you? And then Luke Doty, I mean, we haven't seen him play in weeks. I mean, you're very limited at the wide receiver position, guys, whether it be because of injury, because of some guys not stepping up. And you see what Nicholas Harbor's done over the last couple of weeks with increased repetition, with increased opportunities. I think he's been very solid. I think he's shown some playmaking ability that uh, – You know, fans have been wanting to see, have been clamoring to see. And when he's gotten the football, when he's gotten his opportunities, guys, he's caught everything thrown his way, right? Hands were his question mark. He's caught everything thrown his way. So I'm just curious to see, do we see the opportunities increase? He's getting a lot of snaps now, too. He's getting a lot of snaps now. So is it this game? Is it Jacksonville State? Is it Vandy? Is it one of those down the stretch? I do think there's going to be a breakout game for Nicholas Harbor. And you hope for South Carolina's sake that it's this weekend. Now, switching sides of the football guys defensively, and I think that's where a lot of the question marks, the problems, what have you lie. Something that's really intriguing, guys, 12. 12 is a key number here. Over Texas AM's and last two games, guys, the dynamic duo of Aniah Smith and Evan Stewart at the wide receiver position for the Aggies only have 12 combined touches. 12 combined touches for those two guys, which is damn near malpractice when you think about just how good, how talented those players are. I think you're going to see Texas A&M make each of them much more of a priority. I think both of those guys will be heavily involved in the Aggies attack. And so you wonder, what answer does South Carolina have for those two on the outside, because secondary has been a major, major concern, a major issue. Going to be a lot of pressure, and you even go, guys, they got more. I mean, Texas A&M's got elite talent deep in that wide receiver room. Noah Thomas, another guy, four touchdowns thus far this season. I don't know who's going to cover him, right? It's going to be a strenuous test for your secondary, but it starts with Aniah Smith and Evan Stewart. I, you know, and unfortunately – our good friend Brad Crawford put up this, this uh, post yesterday. I want to say tweet, but it's obviously not Twitter anymore. But he put up this post yesterday just listing off all of the guys that have had their career days against South Carolina, right? It, it just one after another, after another, after another. And if I had to go with an Aggie that's going to do that, I'd go with Nia Smith. I don't know how Nia Smith doesn't have a touchdown yet. That seems crazy to me. The Spurs Up show is brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a flavorful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste, Or go to gametime.co. And when you do, create an account and use promo code SPURSUP. That's S P or S U P for $20 off your first purchase. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. But I think Texas a AM, I'd have to imagine the way they're going to try to beat South Carolina is using those wide receivers, right? Letting Max Johnson work. We'll see how conservative their play calling is, what Bobby Petrino what he tries to dial up. But I'd have to imagine for the Aggie side of things, they're probably looking at this game as like, okay, this is an opportunity for us to get the offense rolling. This is an opportunity for us to kind of find ourselves offensively. I mean, guys, you look at South Carolina's defense, why wouldn't you think that? So it's going to be a test for Marcellus Dial, O'Donnell Fortune, those guys, uh, they're going to be covering for some fantastic players. Nick Emanwari, DQ Smith. I I don't know what Clayton White and company are going to be dialing up. But, uh, you know, it's going to take a lot for sure to stop the Aggies just even in the passing game. Speaking of Clayton White, my next topic here, Clayton White calling the shots with his job on life support. And, guys, I'm just going to say this. From the things that I've heard, this might be some breaking news. This is all just per sources. So, take it for what it's worth, per sources. But where there's smoke, there's typically fire, right? We've been in these situations before. Hey, man, you – uh. Hey, man, do you know that uh, that uh, you know Mar- Marcus Satterfield's not going to... This is happening. That's happening. This guy's been demoted. That guy's been demoted. What have you. Um, so, you know, I, I... We've heard some things. Let's just put it that way. We've heard some things when it comes to Clayton White that maybe, just maybe, there's going to be some different voices in the defensive room. Maybe, just maybe... Shane Beamer's put his foot down and said, hey, just so you know, you're on the chopping block or you've already been chopped. I'm just saying, I, I, I wonder, do not be surprised if things don't look different defensively this weekend. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. From, from what we've heard, from what we've heard about different voices, maybe it's more Travian Robertson, maybe it's more Tory and Gray, I, I don't know. But Clayton White, obviously his job to put it on life support, to call it its on life support is probably being too kind, but per sources out there, people I've talked to, there's a good chance that there's going to be some different voices in that defensive room calling the shots, you know, putting their own, kind of like with the offense last year, guys, where it was like, okay, Freddie Kitchens is putting his two cents in, Justin Stepp, this guy, that guy. I think that's exactly what's happening with the defensive side of the football. So, does it lead to different results? Does it lead to different results? We'll see. Um, I think South Carolina, you could argue they've got somewhat of a talent issue, certainly a depth issue, but I think we also all agree that this defense has been playing so far below what it's capable, and maybe with some extra, maybe maybe with some different voices. Who knows what happens, guys? Who knows? Um, on that note, guys, the defense, again, I, I go back to you, look at Le'Veon Moss and their running game, and I just – It's sort of another week of pick-your-poison, guys. I mean, Texas A&M is a football team, averages about over five yards a carry. They can throw the football. They've got weapons on the outside. Obviously, Max Johnson's a guy at the quarterback position. He's not dynamic. He's nowhere near dynamic as Connor Wegman. But, uh, you know, he he is a guy that, uh, you know, he he can make the big play, and he's a facilitator of the football, and he gets it to his playmakers, and that's all they need him to be. you got to force the issue. If you're South Carolina – You've got to force the issue, make Max Johnson beat you. You cannot let him sit back there and just kind of dink and duck. Same thing with last week, guys. Same thing with last week. But what answers will South Carolina have defensively? I mean, that, that that's the question. That's the question. Uh, special teams, guys. I know we've been clamoring for special teams to make a big play. The special teams finally make that game-changing play. And ironically enough, it was almost a year ago to the date against this very opponent. That when we talk about, man, special teams making that game-changing play, there's been no game and no play. That that has been greater exhibited than last season against Texas A&M when Xavier Legat took the opening kickoff back for a touchdown. Guys, you go back and look at that game. And Texas A&M was abysmal last year. But South Carolina won that game 30-24. The Aggies outgained The Gamecocks in that football game, like 398 to 260-something. Like, without that special team score, guys, South Carolina doesn't win that football game. And so it it makes this season, guys, when you start to kind of plug in 2 plus 2 and do some math, it makes sense why South Carolina's season hasn't quite gone the way we expected. Right? Because those plays haven't been there. Those plays simply have not been there. If you don't make that big special teams play, guys, South Carolina loses that football game. How many times has special teams, dare I call it this, bailed the Gamecocks out? This A&M game last year is a perfect example because after that, you basically got outplayed in that football game. You did on the scoreboard, 24 to 23. It was that seven to start the game. That changed it. And and for the Gamecocks to win this football game, guys, I think to even be in this game in the fourth quarter, they're going to have to have at least one of those plays. Maybe two. They're going to have to have those game changing because, Like what it does for the scoreboard, too, it's it's the way it shifts momentum, right? It's the way it shifts momentum. That's the big thing. It's the way that it shifts momentum um, and, and changes momentum. And we've seen that before. We have seen that before. So, um, you know, special teams, you need it to make some big plays, change momentum, get Texas A&M on their heels and get some good things, get some things rolling in your favor. Now, when you look at this football game, guys, I don't think I've seen a game cop that's picking South Carolina to win, which is understandable. You're sitting here at two and five, Texas A&M. They're struggling for sure, but they've got immense amounts of talent. You're in College Station, a place you never won. Let's just say hypothetically, and I'm going to get to my prediction, obviously, later in the show. Let's just say hypothetically you lose the football game. <clears throat> Here's the issue that fans are having. losing's one thing, but how you lose matters. How you lose matters. And I know many of us out there, I know many folks don't like the chatter around Shane Beamer. There's comparisons about Beamer to the Muschamp era, which is just absolutely sickening and almost hard to believe that we're at that point. But, you know, that there's there's mud being slung at Shane Beamer, and there's people saying that he shouldn't be the head coach, that the future is bleak with him leading the way. Losing by 30 this weekend is not going to help that, right? When people say that it's feeling very mush champish admittedly, last weekend felt very, you could have told me Will Muschamp was the coach of that team, I'd have believed you. I mean, that that game was a Will Muschamp-type result to a team, where you go on the road, you look unprepared, you get blown out of the water to open the game, and you just get blown out, and it's ugly across the board. Like, losing's one thing, right? You're a two-touchdown underdog in this football game. Losing's one thing, but it's a lot different to go out there and lose 37-30 to 30 and cover and have a valiant effort than to go out there and lose forty-five to seven, it's, it's obviously a much much different type of vibe. Can Shane Beamer at least keep this game competitive? Can he and his coaching staff can they rally the troops at least keep this thing competitive? Because while Texas A&M is a talented football team, hey, they're wildly inconsistent, guys. They they are they are as dysfunctional as any. And if you're looking for any slight reasons for hope, for optimism. It's that Texas A&M is dysfunctional. Guys, we've seen it. They don't know how to utilize the talent they have. They are the epitome of doing less with more. They truly are. They had that $30 million recruiting class and, and uh, the way that, you know, they finished top. You, you go look at the recruiting rankings, guys. I mean, they have the recruiting profile of an Alabama, a Georgia, the big-time programs. Like, the way they have recruited, they should be winning games like that. That's why Jimbo Fisher is on the chopping block. That's why winning nine games there isn't particularly good enough. But in this ballgame, how you lose matters, guys. And it's, it's just one of those things, like, for Shane Beamer to keep Gamecock Nation, to stay in the good graces, like, you at least need to show fight and heart and competitiveness. And we're not talking moral victories, but, like, playing the game the right way, not looking so unprepared on the road, getting blown out of the water to start a game. That's got to be corrected Saturday in College Station because those type of results continue, guys, and people are going to say, he's just Will Muschamp 2.0. That's all he is. He's Will Muschamp with a better culture. That's what people are going to start to say about Shane Beamer. And finally, guys, on sort of that note, this feels like This feels like, and if you feel like this is too strong of a description, my apologies, but this is how I see it. This feels like two programs who are teetering on implosion. When you look at South Carolina and Texas A&M. On the Gamecock side, Gamecock Nation's fed up, right? Fed up, checked out, dunzo, seasons awash, let's just beat Clemson. And the chatter around Shane Beamer, is he Will Muschamp 2.0 at starting? Then the Texas A&M side, it goes without saying, guys. They want Jimbo fired, right? This game right here, if A&M loses to South Carolina, this is the knockout punch. He's gone. Buy out, be damned. You just wonder. Like, I wish we could be inside the locker rooms. Because what's the psyche of both programs? What's the psyche of both teams? Who in this football game shows up more inspired, more excited to play? That's a big factor in this game. Because at two and five, I mean, yes, guys, South Carolina has bowl eligibility still on the line, but it feels like all of the goals and the hopes and the dreams of this season are gone. And then for Texas, again I mean, sitting at what, four and three? their fan base is practically already checked out as well. So, like, you just wonder which team is still excited to play in their 2023 season, which team is still fired up and inspired and motivated and, and and playing like they were early in the season with that type of energy and hype, and which one has mailed it in? Which one has checked out? Which one has let the disarray from inside and even the outside as well eat at them? And define what the rest of the season will be, because guys, specifically on the South Carolina side, you got this Xavier McLeod thing happening. His parents going on social media. He don't like losing, right? You have this 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 cancerous attitude of a player. Then parents going out there saying that the defensive coaching sucks, and and then you got a then you got a coach. Yes, I'm talking about Travian Robertson. You got a coach on social media subtweeting a player or sub-posting, whatever it's called now. Like, this 2023 season has officially hit the fan. Like, this 2023 season is officially a shit show. This
1: episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for.
0: Do we see that reflected on the field Saturday? Is this a group that's checked out? Is this a group that's washed? Is this a group that's got half their ball club sitting there looking at the NFL draft or the next move or the transfer portal and they don't really give a damn anymore? Or does South Carolina have a few more punches left in them? Does this team still have some fight, still have some resiliency, or does it look like a football team? And do we start to find out that these interior issues – Are much greater than we want to believe. Going to learn a lot about this Gamecocks football team and Shane Beaver's program on Saturday in College Station.